Blog Talk Radio. Shemalek Mahilama Shemahel. That's the wrong song. Sorry. Okay. No problem.
Uh, Frank, this is your show. Take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is a special uh, edition of Fighting Words on the Fighting Words News Network. Fighting Words is brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, men and women of police and fire services, the men and women of the doctors and nurses and auxiliary people at the hospitals that kept us alive with, with COVID-19 and those very strong people with the supermarkets that kept us fed and made sure that we were okay. Uh, we want to thank each and every one of them for everything they've done. Um, tonight's program is dedicated to uh, to one person, and that was our former uh, chief executive officer, uh, Patrol, uh, Patrol Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll. Um, I had the pleasure of not only uh, working with Bob, uh, <clears throat> but uh, I was his, I'm his father. Um, so uh, tonight is very special uh, for myself as the uh, <clears throat> president and CEO of, of uh, Fighting Words. And I'm joined with by our, our treasurer and uh, vice president, uh, Kathleen Marie Carroll, and one of our, our hosts uh, on our Wednesday night uh, to, uh, sports night with Tommy G. Tommy, uh, Tommy G. Um, I guess one of the things I wanted to start out with is Bob and I used to meet for coffee every morning in my office. And uh, we'd uh, just close the door and, and uh, there's a little prayer that, that we used to say. Uh, it's a policeman's prayer. Lord, bless the ones who wear the badge, the ones who walk the beat. Protect them, keep them safe while they on the street. And they they wait, <clears throat> excuse me, as they wait and as they watch, doing good for all. Guide their minds, give them strength on each and every call. And um, then we'd have a cup of coffee and start uh, um, opening the door and uh, my secretary used to um, come over and close the door because we were having coffee and having a great time. And the sheriff and uh, mm-hmm. uh, some of the captains would come in and uh, we'd sit down, and, and we'd all be in there making a hell of a lot of noise. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a nice memory, and, and to this day I can still call his uh, cell phone number at the uh, office and uh, listen to his voice, and I do many, many times a week. Uh, Casey, how you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. Good. I'm good. I'm 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 um reliving flashbacks of Bobby's drive making us drive to the uh the uh, Newcastle County Library to <laughs> rent his uh or to borrow his uh Donny Iris um record <laughs> over and over oh. again. Yeah, he um, definitely loved Donny Iris. And, that and, uh, song was definitely brought back memories of us having to drive in the pouring rain to the Newcastle County Library because he was going to be late and we had to turn it in and then recheck it out and bring it home. <laughs> 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 uh-huh. the, uh, yeah. One of the other – go ahead. One of the, when you hey, talk Tommy. about that. Okay. Go ahead, Tom. Sorry. No, Casey, I mean, saying I, hello to you. Okay, just saying a little kiss, but I got a great memory with Bob, and this is how the Tampa Bay Storm game. So he sat up in the 200 level, and, and the Storm was going to win right that piece of quarterback back then. I had to take one, I take it down. So he threw the ball right to Bobby, and he caught it. I was like, I was just amazed about that. <laughs> but Bob always had your back, and I mean, he always had my back, and it's just it's a very special show, guys. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. Great, great person. He always had, always had her back, and which is which is fantastic. And I, I remember now, thank, now, thank, Tommy. Thank, hey, Tommy. Yes. I have to interrupt that story a little bit because that was a little bit of a setup. Because Brett Dietz had that setup with Bobby, just so you know. Because I should have gotten that ball. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and Bobby yelled to him on the field, and Brett looked up, pointed to him, and threw the ball right to him. I should have gotten that ball. <laughs> that was... <laughs> oh, I've got that. Yeah, let's that let's continue the point. story, though. The, 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 <laughs> the reason she was supposed to get the ball was on the weekend we had a chicken run. It was Bobby, Casey, and Brett. Three athletes, oh, all in good shape. Casey finished up, was having a, having a soft drink, and uh, we were riding back looking for Bobby. We found Bobby. He was he wanted to finish up, and then we had to ride a long way back to find Brett, who was struggling to come down. He had his shirt off, tied around his head. My oh. voice thought there was a new CPR on him. <laughs> I don't remember that yet. Oh, God. Great memories. Yeah. Oh, Casey, you were, you were talking about uh, driving in the rain. There was many years when Bob was uh, was in high school. He worked for the Newcastle County uh, Parks oh, and Recreation, God. and he would get in the car and he'd have actually have conversations uh, with his mother uh, all the way to work because she worked not too far from mm-hmm. where he was going to be dropped off, and uh, she was able to uh, talk to him. He was able to answer. Um, but he never woke up until he heard the uh, ding on the time clock when he put his card in, which would have been about 20 minutes from the house. He was well, there every morning. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I was just talking to Benny. He's driving home from work. He's going to join us soon. And he was talking oh. about when they went out to – do you remember when they went out to the to – was it California where they did California, that? California, yeah. A roast? Yep. And – Bobby had gone up to the room and fallen asleep. Benny had stayed out a little bit later. Then Benny didn't remember his key, so he had to bang and bang and bang on the door. Bobby comes stumbling to the door in his underwear covered in, like, um, cheese puffs, you know, the cheese from the cheese puffs, and then opens the door and falls asleep in Benny's bed. And Benny's like, dude, that's my bed. And Bobby just started mumbling something. He said, I have no idea what he said to me, no idea what he mumbled to me, but I was like, well, I guess I'm going to take Bobby's bed. <laughs> I said, yeah, you could, you could not reason with him when he was asleep. There was no reasoning with him. And he could have a full-on conversation and have no yep. clue of any of it. <laughs> yep. Hey, guys, we're, we're joined uh, by a very special part of our family, uh, a boxing historian, a boxing teacher, and a guy who is uh, – uh, has known uh, Bobby uh, from for many many years. Uh, Zito, how you doing, Z? Hey, how's it going, guy? Yeah, it's going I just good. wanted to call. I just wanted to call, give my respects, most definitely. Uh, I remember Bob and Kathy, he was uh, running around with my brother in, in uh, <laughs> Catholic school, and yeah, I just have fond memories of that. So just wanted you to know, share that I, with I, you. Guys. Hey, Zito, you have fond memories of me being the good child, right? I guess comparatively, yes. You know, at the end of each show, we, we dedicate the show to Bobby to and to 
another very very special part of our family, Coach Mel and uh, Dr. Chris. Wow. Uh, the, the one of the things that, uh, that sticks out in my mind, uh, we were down at Holy Cross in uh, Dover, and we were playing. Bobby was playing for uh, Coach Mel was coaching him, and I was assisting. And to say that Bobby, Frankie, uh, Tyrus, and uh, Danny, um, uh, what was his last name, the banker's kid? Anyway, the five of them. What was it, I? Danny Morris. Uh, had um, the basketball abilities would be like saying, um, yeah. uh, wow, I won't say much. Anyway, they, they, get, the, uh, they get, the, get the ball, they inbound the ball, and they head for the uh, to the wrong basket, and they fight oh. fight the other teams fighting them to get the ball, and we're going to try and uh, shoot the same basket. Well, it was the other team's basket that uh, it was our basket that we we were trying to shoot at, and they gave the other the other team two points. But they were proud of themselves of getting the, getting into the game, and they were proud of, <laughs> proud of the two points. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I looked at yeah. that. <laughs> and he had this this grin on his face, and he just you know he had it, Coach Mel had the greatest laugh, and he you know he pick his foot up, he'd stamp it down, and he laughed, and uh, mm-hmm. he would uh, he brought the boys over, and he said, now listen, you know, you just went to the wrong basket, and he pointed out where they had to go for the, for the rest of the game. <laughs> oh, it was a, it was. It was a fun time. Yeah, he he looked at all of us and said, "At least they scored. At least That's they right. scored." Yeah. <laughs> he was he was very proud of those guys, all of them. Uh, even when they, uh, even at the, uh, we were playing for the uh, championship at uh, Silesianum, and time had run out, and the kid working the clock refused to ter- to hit the horn, and I finally put my hand went over and hit the horn myself. Uh, but in the meantime, they uh, they they scored one more basket on us, and uh, uh, we lost the championship. But you know, I looked around and I I was madder than a, a red a, you know redheaded stepchild. And I look over and uh, Coach Molrock, uh, who was also a, an assistant, he was he was just beside himself and he's yelling and screaming and hollering. And in the midst of all this commotion was Coach Mel, and he walked over and he simply said to the kid running the back, you did a good job, but you screwed up there. And then he walked back mm-hmm. and he said to his boys, don't get mad. Next year we'll get even. And that was that was the type of person he was. Tremendous father, the, hey, tremendous friend. He was. Yep. Do you do you yep. remember when uh, the only time that St. Peter's went to that big uh, we we went finally went to the big cheerleading competition and yep. we were the you know we had the sewn up uniforms and we didn't have the fancy uniforms and all that stuff and they tried to disqualify us before we even went on to the you know to, to perform mm-hmm. our you know because our cheers were not you know they were not yeah. they they weren't you know, polished, whatever. Mechanized. He tried to disqualify us right away, and he mm-hmm. walked across that. Remember, he walked across the gymnasium. He was like, oh, no, 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 no. Our girls are going to compete. They are going to compete. <laughs> and we were all like, oh. 
Coach Mel is mad. <laughs> <laughs> and we can see this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it came to a point where uh, the school, the, the, the pastor had used everything he had in monies to keep the school open because he felt that, that that school was an inner city school and that school needed to be open. And when the new pastor came in, he said, oh, you don't have any money, you're, you're closing. Yeah. Well, that was, that was his idea, but it wasn't Mel's idea. Uh, so Mel got together a bunch of us, and we all sat down and figured out what we were going to do. This meeting um, was, was the first time uh, we had all met. Um, I looked over in the, in the corner of the one room, one part of the room, was the, uh, excuse me, the president pro tem of the Senate of, uh, in Delaware. And the, the, on, what was sitting there talking to him was uh, Frank Morris, who was president of the Bank of Delaware, which was Ooh. the diocesan uh, uh, bank. And so I knew we had the chairman of the, of the uh, finance committee for the diocese, we had the political power, and then there was a really sweet lady, <clears throat> Dr. Uh, Sykes, uh, who was a, a DuPont uh, by uh, birth, um, and she just stood up. She said, listen, we're not going to close this school. So, Mel, you know, I can see that you're, you've got the, you, the veins in your neck are popping out, uh, so let's, let's stop that. I will give you, and then she sat down and wrote a, a $10,000 check. Um, to keep the school, mm. and uh, then we were able to raise through uh, through Tom uh, and uh, Frank, uh, we and the rest of us. We were able to raise over one hundred twenty five thousand uh, dollars to uh, keep the school open, and that was uh, <clears throat> that was one of the biggest accomplishments um, of anybody in that diocese at that point in time, and has never been uh, never been feeded again. Uh, mm. So. Uh, it may have been the diocese's idea, but it wasn't Mel's idea, so we they, they didn't go along with it. Terry, amazing man, amazing man. Yep, yep. And, you know, Casey uh, Terry is uh, not the, uh, the, the the little guy that used to be running around in the uh, in, that, in the house, you know. <laughs> but he has he has some. Uh, very deep lineage in uh, Carolina. So, uh, Terry, why don't you tell us about uh, your son, where he graduated from, and what he's doing, mm-hmm. and uh, and your daughter, where she's going. Oh, well, my son, he graduated uh, graduate school from Greensboro College. Um, awesome. And my daughter, uh, she's graduated high school in Delaware from Glasgow, and she has a partial scholarship to uh, attend Greensboro College like her brother. Uh, I'm going to be uh, more or less cornering a fight. I don't know if I'm going to be on the show. 
Um, but mm-hmm. there's a fight, and I'm going to be cornering uh, one of my fighters named Kenneth Peach. And mm-hmm. he's, he's he's made tremendous, and I mean tremendous leaps and bounds as far as just studying boxing and picking up some of the nuances and everything. And, and he's really he's really impressed me, and I think he's going to be uh, extremely successful tomorrow. Good. And uh, you want to tell everybody uh, where your gym is because we have a lot of listeners from Delaware. Absolutely. Uh, our gym is called First State Boxing, a.k.a. the Fight Factory, and it is located mm-hmm. on 340 Robinson Lane. Okay. And that's in, that's in Payne Park, is it? Um, it's not too or far from there. It's, uh, right off, yeah. yeah, right off of Maryland Avenue, uh, behind the uh, Maryland Avenue Flea Market in the industrial park, uh, a little, the area. Right. right. Nice gym. Very nice yeah. gym. Yeah, and nice people running it too. Um, how did you get into fighting, uh, the boxing? I never did ask you that. Um, boxing. Uh, well, to be honest, I, I've studied boxing and it has everything to do with my father. Um, I remember we just used to watch fights, and specifically, I remember uh, we went over a friend of mine's house and with my dad and his dad were friends, and we watched the Larry Holmes and. Um, oh man, Larry Holmes in Tex Cobb fight. It was a Larry Holmes Tex Cobb fight. Oh, and <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, and I just kind of, you know, studied boxing like that. As far as me personally, uh, you know, I'm, I've never, if, if I was a little smarter when I was younger, then maybe I would have gotten into it and maybe I'd have done something with myself. But, you know, physically, I'm a little older and I, you know, I'm not. Competing, you know, professionally. I'll spar anybody, but professionally. Uh, but right. you know, I've just studied boxing, and yeah. you know, when you study something and you, you do it enough, you study enough, then it, it's you know kind of easy to translate to pick up sometimes. And as I say, I still spar and everything till my wheels fall off. But it, I mean, just really, you know, when you, I mean, and I don't want to sound, you know really crazy or anything, but, you know, I, I love the art of it. I, I love the art of it. And, you know, not to really sound violent or anything, but, you know, it takes skill. It takes a skill to, to to do that. So, I mean, you have to appreciate the toughness that, you know, everybody goes through that, that really competing in it and the, the heart and just the dedication. So, and that's just kind of really what I've, I've, you know, studied and tried to pass on to, to my fighters. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, the um, what we're talking about uh, tomorrow night's show is we have a uh, boxing show every every uh, Saturday night. Uh, we have an MMA, MMA fighter, uh, Bob Gilfoyle, uh, who is uh, one of our hosts. Uh, Z, who's one of our hosts, is a, is a boxing uh, um, enthusiast, um, a boxing uh, instructor, and a uh, tremendous person. And then his brother, uh, Ty, uh, who is a, uh, a, another boxing historian, uh, goes all the way back to when they used to sit around and watch uh, Tuesday night and Friday night fights with their dad uh, many, many years ago, and uh, he instilled that love in them, so it uh, it's at seven to uh, seven thirty to eight thirty every uh, every Saturday night, and then on Wednesday night we have another uh, sports program 
that's uh, from 7.30 to 9.30, and that's uh, Sports Tonight with uh, Tommy G. And uh, this week's uh, guest, we had uh, a Hockey Hall of Famer, um, Rick Peckham. Uh, We had uh, Philadelphia Eagles and Philadelphia Phillies PR staff, uh, uh, Billy Warndell, and uh, I'm blanking on the third one, Tommy. Who was the third one we had on? Third one is probably, oh, I'm trying to think. We had Rick Peckham, Roy, and I'm blanking on the third one. But each week we have on, this can't be the slide of everybody, Hall of Famer uh, Don Henderson, Mr. Roger Hendler, and myself, and, and Frank does a great job. Spending the dollars, I used to say, but does a great job on that Wednesday night. It's like, wow. I'm sorry. That's because after going to notes, in spite who was on that Wednesday night shoot. Yeah, it was uh, Tommy Leodore, uh, Tony Leodore. Oh, that's just a thought then. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Still an action pack yeah. every week. It's just, a, it's just being, I feel it's an honor being on this special broadcast. And I, Frank, thank you again. I look forward to this all day. Yeah, this whole uh, the, the whole uh, fighting words um, operation started back in uh, 2003 uh, when I was sitting in my office and a girl who uh, owned the uh, radio station was doing some part-time um, work for the uh, PR work for the sheriff's department, and she was moaning and groaning about not having uh, having spaces available, and she was losing money. And uh, I talked to her about uh, Bob and. Uh, he they got together with uh, he got together with uh, Aaron Jaco, a, a local boxer and, and gym owner, and his brother. Um, they got together and the three of them did the originally did the show, and then um, their gyms got so busy that they uh, couldn't devote the time to, to the show. So then uh, I went on to the, to the show with uh, with Bobby, and then um, we were joined uh, by uh, Benny and. Uh, uh, Benny Henderson is Benny Henderson is uh, probably the funniest person you'll ever want to meet. But he uh, oh, yeah. he's the uh, all-time um, heavyweight champion uh, in Arizona. Um, I'm sorry, Arkansas. Uh, with a one punch, uh, he he hit the guy and the guy just went down. With I would go down too. Benny's uh, about 400 pounds, and wow. uh, he hit the guy. The guy went down. But uh, so that's that was the uh, that was the origination, and then. When Bob passed away, I was very lucky to have uh, my two, uh, uh, I call them stepsons, uh, Z and uh, uh, Ty, join me. And then we were able last year, two years ago, to get uh, Bob Guilfoyle, a, a combatant, and um, he was a um, MMA uh, world champion. Uh, he's now retired. Uh, he married a, a lady who is... Uh, who actually was the physician on SEAL Team Six that took down uh, Ben Laden? Uh, she's a uh, she's a full captain in the Navy, and uh, she's a physician and uh, is uh, stationed now. They were in at uh, Walter Reed. Now they're out at uh, Twenty Nine Palms in uh, California, and uh, so that's how that lineup uh, got together. But uh, it was uh, it was funny. We were sitting there. Uh, we would follow this guy, um, uh, Tommy uh, G, and we never knew his last name. We never knew the program, but we knew he, he had a lot of good good people. And uh, we realized uh, at one point that 
the station that we were paying a lot of money to per month uh, was uh, reaching out about seven seven uh, blocks each way, and uh, yep. we were getting we were getting no no crowds. Uh, we uh, searched, uh, did some research. We found Blog Talk. And we've been on Blog Talk since 2004. And uh, wow. our listeners, uh, as of um, uh, Wednesday night's show, was 266,794. And on our, our um, Saturday night show, uh, the last uh, three weeks, we've been, been just capping out at about 271,500. Wow. Give or take another 10 somewhere, but... Uh, it's uh, it's been a, a real pleasure to work with everybody, and we have uh, on Wednesday night we have uh, uh, Don Henderson, who uh, at one point was vice president of uh, CBS Sports. He was the uh, uh, sports uh, director at uh, WCAU in Philadelphia, uh, WPAF uh, Channel 29 in Philadelphia, uh, was the uh, voice of the Phillies at one point, and then became the voice of the 76ers and the Temple Owls. Um, and um, then we're, we're, our other uh, uh, on-air host is uh, Roger Hendler, who uh, did uh, WPVI in um, Jersey. He did a lot of uh, the um, Jersey football teams uh, in colleges and uh, high schools. Um, then we have... Uh, Mike uh, Simsack, who is uh, a uh, graduate of um, the West Point Academy, served uh, in Iraq as a, a, a captain in the uh, army, and is, in, is the army not only an army veteran but a reserve officer. He now teaches in uh, uh, Washington D.C. and uh, and then we have uh, a golf professional um, from uh, Baltimore, um, Doug Hamilton. And speaking of the, the, the illustrious voice of uh, of Atlanta, as, it, as I'm told it's called, uh, <laughs> we have our, our, our uh, honored guest uh, uh, joining us tonight. Uh, honored guest, would you sign in? <laughs> well, uh, hopefully it's uh, it's uh, Roger Hendler along with Mr. Henderson. Oh, as we were going to. Mr. He has not has arrived, arrived yet. The no, limo we always call him the late right? Mr. Henderson. Yep. <laughs> and we're also joined well, we by. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Roger. No, go ahead, Frank. Uh, okay. Uh, we're also joined by another one of our hosts uh, on the Saturday night show, uh, uh, Mr. Ty Parquet. Parquet, I'm sorry. There it is. How you guys Parquet. doing tonight? Yeah, we're doing, doing great. Well, how about we're doing you? Great. I'm well. Just going to let everybody you, know that you. when you make under fifty thousand dollars a year, it's parquet, and if you make over a hundred thousand dollars a year, it's parquet. So. No, not quite that much. Not not even close. <laughs> what is it when you pull a fire alarm? I'm just oh. uh, it, it's, when, oh. when you pull fire alarms. It's Piavoso. Oh. That's when you pull fire alarms. It's not parquet, parquet, but Piavoso. Remember that. <laughs> There's got to be a story to that, Frank. 
There has to be. The CYO went on a. Well, there's a uh, he, there's a her side, a, a his side, and there's yeah, the what, truth. You know? Okay, let's 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 get to, to that now. Uh, go ahead with the uh, he side, uh, Ty. Tell your side. There is no side. There's just truth, sir. There's just truth and a lot of speculation. That's one of the reason why. You know, uh, that's one of the reason why I do the Saturday night show whenever I'm free, because I cut through the speculation to give you the truth, as I will do now, my friend. What actually Ooh. happened is obviously uh, uh, Louis Cabrera, the late Louis Cabrera, as well as uh, uh, our show's pioneer, Mr. Rob Scooter Carroll, uh, myself and Jim Piovoso, another guy who was uh, same age as Bob. Bob was uh, about a year and a half or so older than uh, about two years older than myself and uh, Mr. Cabrera. So, you know, we're, we had a curfew. We're supposed to be in, I don't know, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock. So it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. Of course, we're out climbing the mountains. Um, we had snuck out. Us four were running around. We uh, we were trying to sneak in and get peeks in the girls' dorm, but, you know, everything was dark. The lights were out. We just come across this random button, just a red button on the wall. You know, what do you think it is? And Bob goes, I bet you it's a fire alarm. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? And then I think it's, I'm pretty sure as Bob says, somebody should push it. And so Bob and Lewis, Bob and Lewis, because Bob and Lewis were always like the the more daring of us four. Like Jimmy and I were kind of, we'd go along with anything, but they were always like the kind of leader guys, right? When it came to doing the wrong stuff. And uh, so so Bob walks up to it and and acts like he's going to push it. And at the very last second, veers off. He does it like three or four times. Then Lewis does it three or four times. Then Jimmy Piaboso just walks up to it and pushes the damn thing. And <laughs> the alarm in the whole complex goes off. We run back oh up the hill, try to act like we're sleeping. And uh, about, you know, we hear fire alarms coming. We're like, no way, that can't be because of this, what we just pressed. Then literally about, you know, about a half an hour later, Brother Bill walks in, and he's like, stop pretending like you're sleeping, guys. We know you're <laughs> up. We know you pushed it. And, and that was it. So I don't know how anybody, like it was straight Jim Piavoso. The guy you least expected to push is the guy that pushes. Bob started to spur the whole thing on now. <laughs> what school was that? Uh, uh, St. Peter's Cathedral. St. Peter's Cathedral. <laughs> Yep. Wow. But, but, you know, that's when I recognized that Bob was a long-distance runner, though, because we had to run up the hill, and he was, a, he had, he was his ass was the first one in bed, by far. <laughs> Case, you want to give your, your side? All I know is that we were in the upper level of the dormitory, and there was we were in – just one big room, all these cops. I've never heard this Casey. side. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've never heard this side. Thank you, your cathedral youth group. And it was our it was our trip to Nyack, New York, and they took us to this compound. So they put all the girls upstairs, and the boys were all the way away from us. And we heard some rustling around and some laughing. And so we looked out, <laughs> and there's, there's, we had a door that had a window, and all all we saw in the window was Bobby's face and Ty's face, and then the alarm started going off, and we're like, oh, my God, and they took off. <laughs> and, yeah, so I, I still think it was either Ty or Bobby, but, you know. <laughs> no, it was – Bobby and I were, you know, 
I'm following Bobby. Let, let, let's just be 100% honest. I'm just 100% following Bobby. And so when Bobby goes to peek through the window, I peek through the window, but that's when freaking Pia Boso pushed the alarm. <laughs> now, this is followed by the night before when they came up and tried to scare us, and then they were running yeah, outside yeah. of the building, and yeah. Brother Bill had, had hidden the darkness, and as they were running around the side of the building, all of a sudden he stepped out in front of them and was like, boys. <laughs> oh, my God. That's when I ratted Bobby out. What happened was, wow. uh, yeah, I straight ratted Bobby out. I came out the door. Bobby was hiding. We, we, Brother Bill popped up. Bobby was hiding behind a bush. Brother Bill caught me in the middle of, like, my stride, and I was like, he caught us, Bob. You might as well come on out. <laughs> wow. Was this in high school? That's middle no. school. This was in middle school. Oh, wow. Actually, it was Bobby in high school, and I still in middle school, or were we all in middle school? Well, I was in seventh, you were in eighth. Yeah, so Bobby would have been in ninth. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby. Yep. Yep, Bobby was still allowed to be part of youth group. And, yeah, so the boys were already in trouble. That was the the day, or the the trip when you guys introduced the Sheiks, when they introduced the Sheiks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, we were... You know, I, I can honestly say, you know, as I sit back here several, several decades later, I can say with all certainty, Bobby corrupted me. <laughs> if I ever do something, of you. blame Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. I remember a, a Christmas Eve, we walked into your house for a party. Our family walked in, and you were like, go into my room. We're all in, you know, it, we're, we're we're in trouble. We're in trouble. And I was like, what? And you and your brother were in trouble, and you were bad to your bedrooms, and we all had to sit in your bedroom and, and watch TV because you guys weren't allowed to go out because you guys were in trouble. And that was before we even got there. So Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was something that Bobby at one point in time urged me to do. I'm, 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 Scooter made me do it. That That is my new catchphrase. Scooter made me do it. No, but, but in all were- jokes aside – Bob really did bring out, like, that side of my personality. Like, all jokes aside, he was an older guy. I really admired him. And, and I, I really do credit Bob for uh, kind of allowing me, seeing that it was okay to be myself and have fun and know when to be serious. You know, he kind of he, – he was, you know, as an older guy, he was, he was instrumental in, in allowing me to be me and me being cool with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's you great. know the best part about that, though? Was that he he did do that, but he would also he used humor, oftentimes in life to to get through a lot of stuff and to to help us get through stuff. And my one of my favorite memories when I was racing with him was getting ready to start a race, and uh, he was colorblind, you know, <clears throat> so he had a green bathing cap on, and I had a red bathing cap on, and the elite wave was going to be the the red cap. And I looked up at him and I was like, wow, they announced that the red caps should line up because we're going to be starting. And I was like, wow, Bob, I, I don't know what happened, but they gave you a red cap. And he's like, really? Seriously? Is my cap red? And I'm like, is my cap red? <laughs> and he starts panicking. I was like, what's wrong? And he's like, I-, I can't go out with that wave. I can't go with that wave. I'm not supposed to be in that wave. And I was like, well, you're in that wave. They gave you red caps. And he's looking. He's like, is it seriously red? Is my cap red? Is my cap red? Like, yeah, it's red. It's red. 
So they're trying to do all the pre-race announcements, and they're trying to do the national anthem and everything. And he starts waving his hand. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I got to get this guy's attention. I was like, no, 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 don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. And he's like, no, no, no. So he starts making his way past people. He's pushing them out of the way. He's like, sir, sir, sir. I said, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. He's like, I've got to tell him I have the wrong cap. And I was like, I'm just kidding. Your cap's green. And he was like, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he was so nervous about, he, he swore that there would be some sort of shipwreck at the bottom of the, of the, whatever body of water we were swimming in, it was going to grab his bathing suit and bring him under. So he was so stressed about that. And I was like, look, you're not worried about shipwreck anymore, right? And he was like, God. I was like, I just used your own technique on you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> was, was this, uh, when this all happened, uh, was Bobby uh, and Frank, were you all living in Pennsylvania then? Delaware. No, that yeah. was down here. Oh, it was in Delaware. No, 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 that, no, not not the St. Peter's Cathedral was up in Wilmington. Oh, St. Peter's Cathedral, yeah, that was up in in yeah. uh, in, in Wilmington. But the, oh, the race no. that she's talking about, that was down here. That yeah. was down there, yeah. yeah. But when yeah. that all happened in middle school, that's when you were living up north. We were still living up yep. north, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what the, I figured, you know, for me. The, the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of the other <laughs> things, Casey's a triathlete. And has been all over the world uh, uh, as a um, – uh, she went to Switzerland and, and uh, Italy uh, on, as a, uh, on the bike triathlon. And then she's been to the Hawaii. He's been to the Ironman a couple of times. But it's her wow. first qualifying uh, race uh, for the uh, Ironman was at St. Anthony's up in uh, St. Petersburg. And she's uh, coming in from uh, from – She's transitioning from uh, water to get on the bike. And Bobby was uh, was up. You know, first he was he's yelling for her to uh, to to run faster to get to her bike and everything. And then we all go over there, and I I, list, I look at him. He I said, "What's the matter with you?" He says, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> "She's coming." <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, that, you know, that to, to be a, uh, to do well in, in uh, bicycling uh, and those kind of long uh, marathons, so to speak, because uh, my uncle was just telling me that, that my cousin and his son uh, just did the canal from Albany to uh, Rochester, New York. Awesome. And it was like six days. I think they did like, you know, 60 miles a day. So you know you're familiar with things like that. I just uh, I'm very impressed. Anybody that can uh, that can do that type of uh, trip. Well, my, yeah, my I'm, I, I absolutely marvel at endurance athletes. I marvel absolutely. at endurance athletes. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. We're joined by uh, another friend of Bob's who uh, who had the uh, had the great honor of meeting uh, at uh, Dog Doghouse Boxing. G. Uh, why don't you come yeah, on and uh, tell us? Great, thank you. My name's Chi Mercado. I appreciate the time. I uh, I've been up for a couple hours extra for tonight because I really wanted to make sure I made it. So I'm, I'm sorry if I sound a little groggy, guys. But again, thank you for your time. Yeah, a quick little run through. Um, Doghouse boxing started in 1998. It ended in around uh, 2014. We had a pretty good run. Um, I, I had been doing it for a few years by myself with um, maintaining it until uh, it didn't really get off the ground until I bumped into a gentleman called uh, Big Dog uh, Benny Henderson Jr. And um, 
from there, the site really, uh, really jumped, and uh, be, we were doing well. And uh, Benny was in charge of of finding us writers, and he brought me Bob Scooter Carroll. And uh, you know, Bob was, you know, he he was a real good diamond in the rough. He had a lot of readers. He dragged them in. He was really good at what he did, you know, and, and he represented us well, you know, we had to deal with uh, uh, Showtime and HBO executives, and Bob was a real natural, and his writing really showed it, he used to, you know, write articles, and uh, I was listening to some of what you guys were saying, and how he'd interject life stories into uh, his writing, it was pretty impressive, but, uh, you know, at the time, uh, we became the number one boxing website, and Bob was a really big part of that, and I've never met a better gentleman, i got to be honest with you, he was just, he was a blast to talk to, and we'd text or email, uh, email in those days, really, and or talk on the phone, and, uh, I, I got to admit, that was one of the, the best writers Benny brought us. It was a really good time. Anyways, I just wanted to share that with your listeners and everything oh. and let you know that he was a fin- You know, I, and on top of one more quick thing, on top of uh, we had a lot of writers and a lot of people would write fluff pieces, but Bob wasn't like that. He wasn't really like a controversial guy either, but he always brought it, even in interviews and stuff with uh, boxers and stuff, he would always bring out the best and, and ask interesting questions without having to be controversial or, you know, drop a ball in somebody's, you know, he didn't do softball, but he was, he was really, really good at what he did. And, you know, we miss him. And uh, he was a real big part of doghouse boxing. And I just really wanted to share that with your listeners. And that's basically what that. I wanted. To do a man of many talents. No As doubt about it. He really, truly was, guys. Listen, I'm going to drop off and keep listening to the show, but thank you for having me. I really appreciate your time, and I really appreciate what's going on here tonight. It it really touches my heart. I had to be here. Thank you very much. Thank Uh, you. Is Don there yet, Frank? No, he hasn't called in yet. No, okay. Uh I was going to say that when I first uh, met Bob, was uh, as I recall, wasn't it at the uh, the radio show that was in that restaurant? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, out around Bradenton, right? Yeah. And that it I was yeah, right. And that mm-hmm. exactly. And uh, I can remember I was down there because uh, the whole group, and that's when I met everybody, was uh, were up in uh, Tampa, and Don had come up when you know the Super Bowl was there. And we were kidding around because uh, Lee Ilya was looking for Howard Eskin to take care of him, <laughs> and and, uh, and and Don was the one that uh, introduced me to uh, all of you. And uh, you know, it's hard to believe how long ago it was. And like I said the other night, it's hard to believe that Bob has uh, uh, left us uh, so young and so so. I mean, ten years ago. But uh, he was just a, a, a terrific guy. I mean, I only you know met him in person one time, but uh, just uh, be, making me a part of the uh, show, and we're all still together. And uh, I think that says a lot about uh, friendship of uh, mm-hmm. the group over the years. And uh, Tommy, as we've said many times, uh, without Frank, uh, there's we don't have anything. 
because he exactly. just does a masterful job of uh, pulling everything together uh, for all of us. I learned from the best. Hey, Frank, remember that restaurant down there? We used to, this is how sure. I met Frank and Bobby. Cheers, yeah. Yep. So Frank had yeah. a show from 6 to 7. I had one from 7 to 8. And I said to Frank and Bobby, why can't we combine the two two shows and have a good, good time with this thing? And he, Bobby agreed the idea. But every time I got down there, I said, Frank and Bobby, give me about a couple minutes. I had to eat, I eat that chocolate cake, <laughs> that ice cream cake. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> Hey, guys, we're, uh, we're joined by a guy who's on a very short uh, break here, a uh, wonderful guy I work with at the sheriff's office and has gone on to bigger and better things. Uh, he uh, also was a, uh, a very good friend of Bob's uh, before they both went on the department. And uh, so, Jason, why don't you take it away? Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I just want to say uh, I hope you're doing well, and I think it's great that y'all are doing a tribute uh, to Bobby. Uh, just, um, I have many stories. A lot of them I can't tell, but uh, <laughs> uh, Bobby was a guy that could, uh, could convince me to do anything, from walking on a, a dam that had alligators on both sides to talk to me into shaving my head because he thought he told me my girlfriend would like me better. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby was a wonderful guy, um, but it, it, I mean that's not surprising. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. He comes from a long line of good people, and uh, he's people that he was a real friend, not a fake friend. You know, he would tell you the way it is, and uh, just somebody that I that I, I miss and that I that I really respected and uh you know I just loved a lot of you so uh, we, have, uh, we 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 all agree with you I'll tell you well listen I'm going to drop off uh, you know I was uh, the uh uh because I was going to say that if it wasn't for Don I never would have met you guys uh, so, uh, right. you know, and, and, and I can remember, uh, you know, with Don sitting in the studio at CAU one night. So, uh, you know, Frank, uh, you know, as we said, it's hard to believe, but 10th uh, year, 10th anniversary of Bob's passing, but, uh, we're all, we're all blessed to have known him and to, uh, yeah. have known you and, and the family. I mean, that's all I can say. Yeah, thanks, Roger. Hey, guys, we're joined by a, a guy who uh, had the uh, uh, uncomfortable pleasure, I guess, at, at one point in time, of being Bobby's uh, immediate supervisor. Uh, one of the nicest guys you'll ever want to meet, uh, one of the uh, classiest guys that ever walked in the uh, in 200 uh, or 2000 um, Ringling Boulevard, um, Lieutenant uh, Barry Sullivan. Barry, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Frank. I've got to start good. off told, before I tell Bobby's stories. i got to set Casey straight. I, I listened from the beginning. <laughs> she said that she was always the good person, the good, the good family That's member. Healthy, healthy. Look, I was the angel. I was the no, angel. No, 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 no. I heard how you tormented your brother. 
all the songs. He would play them to me that you came up with and telling him that his parents hated him and he was adopted. Um, you were not the angel. Well, let's, let's go ahead and throw in there the time he was in the elevator with the judge and he let me say on speakerphone that I was going to kill him. And he was like, yeah. Judge, did you see this? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I've listened to <clears throat> all the, you know, the, the people you grew up with and stuff, and they really described the Bob I knew. We, you know, uh, we ran together at lunch and had great conversations, and, uh, you know, he, 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 he stilled in my heart. Um, I think, you know, when I was listening to this and about, in case he was talking about a hotel room incident, one of the, um, one of the first times him and I went to a, a conference, we had to share a room, which I never did after that first, first conference because he snored like crazy and there was no way he was ever going to make it through. <laughs> but, but did he bring Mr. Horrible. Magoo the sock monkey? No, no, he did not. Okay, good. Um, we were we were sitting and we we just finished up with our instruction. We're we're sitting in the room. We're watching Sports Center, and we hear a knock on the door, and neither one of us got up. I looked at him. He looked at me. And so neither one of us were moving. All of a sudden, the door opens up, and it's somebody from housekeeping. Bob jumps up out of bed and starts screaming like a girl. Um, and <laughs> It freaks this housekeeper out, and he could see that. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she says, well, just housekeeping. Do you need anything? And Bob says, um, no, well, maybe we need some lotion. And I look at it like lotion. So, you know, she leaves, okay, okay. So we, we go out, we go running, and we come back, and there's like three bottles of big bottles of lotion sitting in in the bathroom for us. And and so every time we walked by housekeeping, it didn't make a difference who it was. They would all giggle at us. And I knew it was. Oh, ew. (laughs) Yeah. Took me a second. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go back to work. Okay, Jason. Thanks a million, and uh, uh, we're looking forward to seeing you. Uh, any uh, any uh, update on uh, your uh, uh, 51 here? Just trying to get this this place sold, and uh, okay, hopefully very soon. <laughs> okay, stay safe, my brother. Good talk um, to you. Stay and, and, hey, Thank you. Jason, yes, before sir. you go, hey, Jason. Yeah. Were yes. you part of the uh, firework that burned down the um, tree at Shade Avenue? Yep. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. I don't, I don't remember much from those days. <laughs> <laughs> That's because your BAL was so high. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it was good talking to you all. All right, thanks, Jason. Thank you. Yeah, that was a trip watching uh, five men with uh, a, a garden hose trying to put out a fire that they started in a tree, <laughs> a pine tree, outside the Shade <laughs> Avenue duplex. I, I vaguely remember. 
<laughs> hey guys, we're joined by uh, Benny the Big Dog Henderson. Benny, how you doing? There he is. Hey. Hey. How are you all doing, fellas and ladies? Good, Benny. Hi, Benny. Oh, hello, Casey. Is it you, Amy? <laughs> you said you were going to have my dad disconnect me when you logged in, so. Yeah, I forgot. I'm sorry. I apologize, guys, for coming in late. I had a rough day at work, and I'm tired. I'm worn out, and just um, I'm fat. I don't know if y'all know that, but uh, <laughs> thank each and every one of you for uh, letting me be a part of this show tonight. It's uh it's a blessing and an honor to be part of this show. And uh, Bob was, um, you know, I met Bob back in, I mean, years ago, when I was uh, working for publicity for um, oh. a few fighters. Okay. Okay. And uh, okay. I had a, a fighter by the name of Brian Mento, Brian Mento I was working for, and uh, Bob had hit me up via email to have him on the show with Ian Woods. I think at that time he was on a, uh, so what was like fucking words with the Jekyll, Jekyll brothers or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, on uh, AM radio. And I was like, yeah, sure, man. You can, you can talk to my father. And, and I was as great as a publicist as I was, um, I felt to get to hear you. So Bob actually did my job for me. Got up, got everything done. And then he emailed me and said, hey, blah, 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 great, you know, he was great, you know, and I apologize. He was like, man, um, we're going to come on the show and we'll talk about, you know, the Mayweather to the Hoist fight. I was like, yeah, sure. And we came on and then, uh, man, we just hit it off, you know, Bush, Bob and I. And I remember Bob following me and was like, man, great, show. you want to come on again sometime? I said, yeah, whatever. And then Bob called me again. He's like, you want to come on every other week? I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I could do that. You know, at that time I was riding for, I think I was lead rider for doghouse boxing. And, um, yeah, I was going to come on every other week. And then next thing you know, he's like, man, come on every week. And, and you know, I was there was big dog doghouse. I can't remember the first name. You know, it comes up to me, the doghouse boxing radio. Big dog, excuse me, big dog radio. And, uh, that's the reason why I got into radio. I've done radio since, you know, for blogging for other stations. And um, being working with Bob was, it was great, man. Uh, you know, he was very intelligent. Um, except for the football team, I've agreed with a lot of the things with him in politics and, you know, uh, music. And like this did before, you know, Bob was a stud, man. He didn't forget nothing. I mean, he soaked every bit of college up when it came to, to sports and music and politics. And, and working with Bob, you know, riding with him and doing the radio shows was, was really great. And um, and unfortunately, I left Doghouse for a while. And we went to the uh, Artist Magazine, owned by Stephen Arredondo, who was host talking. I don't know if you will, but uh, they hired me as the. Uh, Editor in chief, which I don't know why, because I can't edit the damn thing. I ain't cheap on that. <laughs> and uh, I brought Bob on as a lead writer because Bob, dude, he told a story. I mean, he really knew how to write, and he was tremendous. And he cared. He cared about the fighter. He cared about the story. He cared about the delivery. And he cared about the reader. And that's what makes it do. That, that's what makes a good writer. And Bob. Uh, 
And we got invited. They brought us to uh, Hollywood, California in 2008. Uh, we went down there to a trip in for a little Harbor Boxing Club was actually down. And they brought Bob and my up down there. We were doing a MMA roast. And um, I was supposed to be some head honcho doing something. I failed. I got to come They gave us a bunch of crying and clothes. I didn't do a very good job. Um, that, was my, that was my first stand up, my first and my only, my first and my last stand up act as a comedian, by the way. Um, people from California do not like when you're from Texas to make a book deal. I found that out quick. So, um, there was just, I flew down the night before, and Bob was supposed to fly in the same night, but it somehow to his air, his plane, or whatever. His fly was delayed until the next morning, so I got to the hotel at night. The next morning I woke up. Bob's knocking on the door, up the door, and there's this little Eagles jersey on, right? And I'm like, well, they're with our friendship. But uh, it's, we had such a great time, man. Those two and a half days we were together. Um, earlier, later on that day, or that morning, we even took us out to breakfast and we drank beer all day. I think it was like off by like Huntington Beach or somewhere by Beach. Um, sir, but um, we had a great time. But I remember that we were in this club or bar. I don't know. Drunk. And there were some people outside. <laughs> there were some people outside protesting, and uh, I didn't mean to protest where they're like burning crap down. And you know, you know, they were just really just had signs, you know, picking and things to take a picture. He went down there to convince one of those ladies that. So I got the best case he has it, and Bob is holding his sign and says, I will not shut up. And um, he went out there and took a picture of these people. And um, it was funny. But, uh, so that night, man, we got through. We went back to the scene's apartment. They're all like, hey, man, let's go to the club. And Bob was like, man, I don't want to go to the club, man. I'm scared. So we took Bob back to the hotel and dropped him off. And we went to the club. I really wish I wouldn't have went because I'm not this new kind of lady kind of guy. There's a damn club, and it's like they have like peace for like little kids. So I'm bad. I had like I had to put two seats in my pants. One for each. So anyway, man, we ended up running out of gas. Anyway, long story short, I finally got back to the hotel about two or three that morning. Oh man, I'm. Drunk. I get to the room and I can't, can't get in the room because uh, Bob had locked the top. Actually, had locked the top. I couldn't get in. Right? So I'm sitting here trying to get in. And I don't want to beat on the door screen because I didn't turn on the way someone up and get public intoxication, right? So I'm like, I'm not good with you. Team man, this freaker finally opened the door in his underwear. And I'm like, wow. So. He walks in the room, he jumps into my bed, and I chose. I'm like, Bob, you're my bed, bro. He went, he just went through it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll get in your bed, then, man. And I got the looking spot. I got a light on my rock, and the hell is all over this room, and I think some stuff on his bed. I don't think that. And I walked in, and I was on the floor. Look, I got a nacho cheese party. He had tears of cheese everywhere. Cheese? So I expect your dad to arrive, man. I bought some keys. And, he, and I opened the dresser door, and there's a big old thing. 
big old tree, single thing, not big old tree, man. Tree, tree, not so. I'm like, well, dude, he was like trying to hang from me because I'm bad, or just did he just think it was like a really badass refrigerator? So I just said, hell with it. I just closed it back, turned it off, and I passed out. And I woke up the next morning. I looked over, and Bob was there. I'm like, oh crap, where'd he go? I'm looking for Bob, and there he was. He's up. He's up. He's on the freaking balcony, drinking coffee, reading the paper, eating the rest of those nachos. <laughs> and he told me what happened was when we got him back to the room, he decided he wasn't really pull, wasn't really tired of drinking. He went next door and bought him beer and got his nachos. So we went to the show that night, and I had to meet Mr. Sock Puppet or Sock Monkey or some crap and take a picture with him. So this is the kind of celebrities that Bob and I were because we're like the big shots of the show, besides MMA fighters. We're actually, um, our dressing room was a kitchen. So, you know, we're in there dressing <laughs> the kitchen in the underwear taking a damn picture with a damn monkey, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so we did the show that night, had a great time, took a lot of great pictures. We drank a lot of free Crown running Coke, right? And um, the last demons that I... <laughs> The last demon that I shot Bob alive in my, you know, at the time that I seen him was pouring out beer right there at LAX Airport. Um, <laughs> he, he, he was going to catch a red eye back to Florida to get back, and he, he had forgot that he had all this beer he had bought and he was in his bag. So he literally sitting out there pouring out Bud Light Lime, 24 ounces of Bud Light Lime. Which I, was, I had enough, you know, crown of coke that I'm not gonna want it. So yeah, I remember that was the last thing man, man, seeing him was pouring, pouring that Bud Light Live out there by, like, you know, front of LAX gates, man. And I just, uh, he, um, he's the reason why I did radio. Um, I really believe he made me a better person. Uh, my wife and my my son and my daughter were you know younger then. You know, we love him. And um, Bob was such a tremendous part. And I'm not saying this to blow smoke up anybody's ass or from language. I tell the truth. But Bob was such a tremendous dude, man. He cared about people. I, Bob never, all the, I didn't know Bob a very long time ago, four or five years. Bob never told me he loved me. I told him I loved him all the time. It's going to bother me. I don't care. But when I was drunk, when I was sober. But I, when I love no, you, Bob. She, she loves you. Well, <laughs> I love you. But... Bob was such a tremendous dude, man, and I, and I he taught me so much because he cared, and he truly cared about people. He truly cared about, he really did. He was a, a stand-up guy, man, and just, um, he brought so much joy in those few years that I knew him, and... Hey Benny, we got a uh, we have another caller on here. Uh, Casey, the uh, Ryan is on uh, the gentleman we were talking about uh, earlier. Ryan, come on in and uh, let's uh, let's hear you hear from you. Hey guys, how's it going, man? It's uh, my gosh, I can't even say probably how long it's been since any of us have talked, man. I, I just can't remember none of it. Man, it's good to hear you all tonight. That's because you're making it big, Ryan. Do what? <laughs> That's because you're making a day. We're proud of you. Oh, thank you. Is this Casey? Yes. 
Hey, I didn't know you were on with him tonight. All right, good deal. <laughs> I'm trying to be quiet because I'm hearing I'm hearing a story about Benny having to having Bobby pour out alcohol before he got on a plane, and I'm remembering when I was in college, and my my coach had to pour out alcohol before he got on a plane when he was with my dad and Bob. So you know, seems to be a running game. <laughs> Well, I'm sure there's going to be a lot, a lot of great stories and stuff tonight, you know. And uh, man, Alex and I were just talking the other day. Man, just can't believe that it's been this long, you know. And, uh, from time to time, you know, we'll, we'll just swap stories about some of our favorite memories of, of talking with Bob, some of the crazy stuff that we used to get into on because yeah, we used to do a blog talk radio show too. You know, you'd have people calling in from. Uh, that's not me, by the way. I've already called. You'd have somebody call in at random on these uh, blog talk radio shows who wasn't even really listening to your show, but they wanted to comment on something and be part of it. And I remember one night it was uh, me, Alex, and Bob, and we were we were talking about Brett Michaels getting knocked out by a set piece at the Tony Awards. When he had, had that really bad injury, and at random, some guy called in from Phoenix, and he said, "You know, I, I hear you guys talking about all these other singers, but you know, really, if you want to be fair, you got to talk about Steve Perry and how great he is." Well, we weren't talking about Steve Perry or any kind of, you know, we weren't talking about singers. We were just talking about Brett Michaels, you know, getting injured at the Dang Tony Awards, and this guy just went on and on about Steve Perry for like half an hour. It was obvious he hadn't listened to the show at all. And and Bob, just immediately being Bob, just started, like, baiting this guy. You know, it was one of my Bob could just stay in character like nobody's business. And it, he was always just so quick and, and so entertaining. But I, I, I just... During this guy's Steve Perry rant, I said, "Well, hey man, if, if you're gonna you're gonna talk about great singers, man, you're talking about Steve Perry. He's he's nothing compared to Ryan Harmon." So that was my way of testing whether this guy was listening or not. And sure enough, he wasn't because he goes, "Well, yeah, that guy's pretty good too." Never heard of him before. That that was, and Bob just went right along with him. Goes, "Yeah, man, you can't say Steve Perry is better than Ryan Harmon. Are you kidding me, man?" Steve Perry couldn't even shine his shoes. Just, uh, just totally got this guy. And I kind of felt bad for him for a second, but, man, it was so fun. And, and, and just just leaning on Bob for that whole thing, man. He, he really, I think I learned a lot of my timing as an on-air personality from being on the air with Bob and from some of the conversations we'd have even off the air, you know. And I, I hate the fact that, we never got the chance to meet or hang out or anything like that. It just it seems like it came and went so quick. You know, I, I probably only knew Bob for a couple of years, really. Uh, but, man, it just it felt like we'd been friends for a long time. I remember the last conversation we ever had, uh, again, in true Bob fashion, I had posted something on Facebook about I was listening to Poison. And, man, I don't know why everything's Poison tonight. Maybe there, maybe he had, he had a point to all this. But, <laughs> uh he, he was just start sending me messages, just reading me the riot act for listening to Poison. He was teasing, he was teasing, of course. He wasn't wasn't serious, but uh, man, I, I'm going to miss that. You know, just always 
just always was a, a bright spot in your day. You know, it didn't matter what was going on with you. If you heard from Bob, it made the day better automatically. And God, uh, I, I just I wanted to thank y'all, and especially Casey. I'm glad that you're on here too. Uh, I just wanted to thank y'all for always being so good to me over the years. I, I'm bound and determined that no matter what it takes, one of these days I, I'm gonna come down there and we're all gonna hang out. We're gonna do something. Uh, but great. I just I could never thank y'all enough for for everything that y'all have done for me and, and how good y'all have been and just just let me be part of the circle. I, I could never thank y'all enough for it. It's uh, It really is an honor to be able to call y'all friends. And, and Bob was just a, a special human being. I think I'm probably not going to be the first or the last to say that tonight, but uh, man, it just it, it's the world's worse off for not having them here anymore. That's for sure, man. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, guys, we're joined by a, a very special person. The reason that uh, Bob existed, uh, uh, we've got uh, Scooter Mom Nine on with us. Uh, <laughs> oh Lord! Here you go. <laughs> go for it. Scooter Remember, Mom, Mom, I was the angel. Remember? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you were the angel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna say to you what your Uncle Buddy said to me one time. He thought I was so good growing up. I was coming to baby and he said, um, you know, I'm thinking back though, I really think it wasn't that you were so good. You were just very sneaky. <laughs> Same with oh, you. Mama. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, as I'm listening well, to Bobby and Frankie did cover for me a lot. So. Oh, sure did. Oh, my God, did they ever. Oh, they always did. And then, you know, the funny thing was when, when Frankie was a baby, Bobby would stop. There was a little boy, Jeff Hunt. Remember Jeff? And he wanted to see the baby, and he started to touch Frankie's head. And Bobby goes, hey, leave him alone. Don't touch it. You're not supposed to touch the baby's head. Don't, don't touch it. <laughs> I thought, oh, my God, we're going to be pushing this kid down. I you know, know we're going to get into a fight. And then, of course, it's too burst a little bit when Bobby got older and he was so gentle and Frankie would say, hey, that's my brother you need him alone and he'd go to fight him oh man and they did oh, he loved you God, did he ever and it's really nice to hear some of these things, I, music especially, I was thinking at the time I went up to Fifth and then as you're talking about the music when he was still in high school and I was driving him into work at the, um, uh, the Parks and Recreation, and on the way back more, he, he wasn't very wide awake on the way in, but on the way back, he would tell me all the facts. End of the week, I had to give him the answers. He would give me a quiz. And I always, I still don't remember the guy's name. I think I called him Joe Plant, but his name was Robert Plant or vice versa. I don't even know. <laughs> What, and I can still remember some of the people from Guns N' Roses. <laughs> I mean, I had to know all four of them, and I had to know what songs, and oh, Lord. And hey, Mom. I, yeah? Do you remember yeah. when you were so proud of him for going to the uh, the yard sale and buying that um, wonderful shrine to Jesus that has the light that shone on Jesus? 
Oh, and, he and you were so proud of him because you put it up in his room, and then the next week you walked in and you realized he had covered Jesus with Prince, a picture of Prince. Really? He's really paying attention. You know, when I talk about this stuff, and then he says, Mom, Mom, come here. You got to come up. You got to come up. You got to put it there. And I walk in and say, Oh, yeah, really Bobby. So, you bring so Jesus. <laughs> Oh God! Covered it all up. And yet, all right. So, Mom, right. now we're going to introduce we're going to introduce the the first ultimate loser and only loser of the Chicken Run Challenge, who thinks he's a big deal because he's a head coach of a college football team, but he was Uh-oh. absolutely destroyed by me in the Chicken Run Challenge. The Wonderful and amazing former quarterback for the Tampa Bay Storm, who was supposed to throw me a football but threw it to my brother instead, but we're not going to hold that against him. Brett D. There we go. Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing good, Brett. How are you doing? Hey, Brett. Tommy T., how are you doing, Brett? Doing good. Great to hear all your voices. I know, and I hear you guys. You have a little girl now, too, right? You only two boys? Yeah, we have two boys. Uh, just got done with baseball practice. One is nine, one is five, and then Hadley uh, just turned 17 months. And uh, she's she the biggest handful. Like she's the biggest like handful of all of them. So um, we got our hands full here. Um, but it's fun, you know. Um, you know, it's cool that you're, you're doing the show for Bobby and, and uh, I want to kind of throw my two cents in here, and um, you know, you, you go into the business and you you do the storm thing, and you meet a lot of people, um, but there there wasn't a lot of people like like Bobby who um, really was just a super 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 genuine person, um, and honestly, somebody I thought I'd I'd be friends with and talking and having long phone conversations with the rest of my life, so. Um, you know, he was just that kind of guy that, that and, and much like Tommy G, they, they took a personal interest in me and who I was, yeah. uh, regardless that I was the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Storm. That, that didn't really matter to them. It was um, about the person. And you can tell. You can tell people that, that want to get to know you because of who you are and the position that you have versus the people that generally want to get to know you um, and care about you as a person and a family, regardless of how many touchdowns or how many interceptions that you throw, um, you know, and it starts off kind of the personal relationship, but then it grew from there, and I got to know all you guys, and I feel like uh, all you guys, the Carroll family and, and Tommy G is all extended family to me, and and uh, I still you, play in the fantasy football league. Um, you know, Casey's kids still beat me in fantasy football all the time. or not fantasy football. What do we call it? Pick them. Um, the old pick them league, so – um, mm-hmm. But just the, the phone conversations I've had with Bobby, the in-person phone conversations, is I just remember him being one of the most genuine people I've ever met down in Tampa, um, and just really good people. So thank you guys for welcoming into my fa- welcome me into your family. Even though uh, we weren't blood, my family was a long way away, but I always felt like you guys were family. I've come to Frank's house and I swam with the family and things like that. So it was much more than just you know, me doing a, a radio show. And I'll still stay up late at night 
and I'll still watch boxing uh, because of everything that, that Bob taught me about boxing. Um, you know, that's why my name is still Pacquiao's Punishers because of, of Bob's love for <laughs> Pacquiao and how how much he did already right. got in about boxing and didn't know much about it, but, but I know a lot more because of Bobby. So thank you guys and appreciate you guys having me on and, and being a part of this uh, show for Bobby, it, it means a lot, and he w- he was definitely a, a true, true friend, and look forward to catching up with him in heaven. Yeah. Thank you, thank you Britt. I, when you guys all get together in heaven, oh, God has no idea what's in store for him. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do you remember the, uh, the football surprise. game that we had out on the front lawn, and uh, Bobby uh, evidently tackled you, and he, he felt so bad. Oh, he, he was, in the house no, he was proud of himself at first. Yeah, and he was afraid. I do remember you. that was and you that was right play. after swimming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still have that picture. That's one of the pictures on our on our uh, fantasy page. I was going to take him down, <laughs> but I will. I he was will probably say really proud of himself. Knew, yeah, he was. Oh, he was. But I will. We always knew when we were at a storm game if they were down, forty-five seconds left in the game. My kids and I were always like, it's all right. He's got this. Yeah. And it was true. Yep. Always come through at the end. That's right. Great times. Hey, Fred, how's the golf game going? Oh, I just played this morning. It was very windy up here in in Indianapolis. We were battling about 30 miles per hour winds. We played a really hard course, so. I shot 77, so I still got it a little bit, Tommy. I'm probably better right. than I was back in Tampa. I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser, um, but I'm still a terrible putter, so that hasn't changed. Oh, no. Hey, Just Tommy. Six times up. <laughs> hey, Tommy. Yes. He's always got an excuse, man. He's always got an excuse. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> I definitely that's, have that's the most the excuses for the chicken run challenge, that's for sure. <laughs> I had them loaded up beforehand. I didn't even have to wait till it happened to, to come up with excuses. I already had them. Right. Your your wife was there. I think you were engaged at the time, and her friend. And yeah. you were really starting to get worried. And Casey just said, "Look at that man. See how much I beat him by. Oh, he's wet. We can't even see him." And I'm like, "Stop." This is my brother from another mother, Bobby's absolute best friend growing up. They were like uh, connect, uh, connected at the hip. He actually showed up at Bobby's viewing, and I had no clue who he was at first, and so I was glaring at him at first, and he came up, and he's like, girl, what is your problem? And as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, oh, my God. So he is uh, someone that was part of our life, you know, from the time we were, we lived into Dartmouth Woods, and probably one of the most important people in our lives. So I think Scott Allmiller. Hi, Casey. Hey, everyone. Hey. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, hey, Mrs. Oh. Hey, Mrs. C. Hey, how are you doing? You are. I'm doing well. Every memory I have of you is a good memory. Really? What? Except sitting on my goddamn well, ass and breaking it. 
What? <laughs> you broke my fence every summer. Do you not remember uh, you your son yelling an obscenity at your husband and then running up the stairs and dad, like, <laughs> doing, like, a NASCAR, um, you know, pit crew and getting that door off the yeah. hinge while Bobby ran out the, the window and jumped down the, ran down the roof and jumped <laughs> off the roof and ran to Scott's house and hung out for, like, five hours? <laughs> Okay, Case, you don't have to give out all the uh, secrets. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so real quick, and I, I appreciate you guys doing this, and there's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't still think of Bob, and there's something that we did or we heard or we we came across or whatever it is that reminds me of Bob. It, it happens so often that my youngest daughter, who's 21, um, she actually says, you know, I really wish I had the opportunity to miss Bob. She says, she says it sounds like you guys had a lot of fun together and that's probably the best way to define it you know bob actually helped define my childhood um no doubt about it Mm -hmm. you know when you guys moved when you guys moved into dartmouth woods i could still remember sitting on the steps at chris bailey's house and you pulled up in that station wagon and you had cages (laughs) on the back of the window and I, i later on it was noticed that it wasn't for the kids it was more for the dogs but we, we 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 really didn't realize um, what what we were about to embark on with Bob. Um, Chris, as you guys know, was probably one of my best friends, and and I guess I was probably I guess you guys moved in in what, what was it seventy seven seventy eight eighty seventy seven seventy seven okay seventy seven yeah so we were pretty young I mean I was ten and I guess Bob was maybe eleven and we were all around the same age and you guys had come from Ashbourne Hills and. You guys came from "quote unquote" Claymont, which was the other side of the track, and uh, we didn't think we didn't think there would be a real good bond there at first. But uh, little little did I know that Bob and I really hit it off well, and uh, we went on to create a lot of great memories. And uh, uh, I gotta I gotta tell you, I mean, as you guys all know, I mean, you 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 are like family to me, Casey. You know that as well as your parents do, as well as everyone in your family. I mean, you took me into your family just like um just like i was one of your own it was it was funny and some of the memories that bob and i had i mean i'm sitting here listening to the show of how bob touched everyone's life and he -hmm. touched my life the same way but he touched it in a different part of my life one of bob's favorite movies and we used to watch this all the time as we lived together in an apartment uh, was stand by me he used to say to me all the time that he used to say to me all the time that you know that's our life he goes we need to write a story that makes up our lives and it would just be almost like stand by me. And, you know, it came on the other night, about a week ago, it came on and I watched it and I was sitting there watching it with my family and I realized how my life had become. And because if you remember the opening scene of that movie, Richard Dreyfuss, who was Gordy Lachance, was sitting in the car and he looked at the newspaper and his best friend, Chris Chambers, had passed away. Um, and it was something that really touched me when I saw that again. And I looked over to my wife and I said, holy shit, this was Bob and I's best movie. It was our favorite movie together. And today is the day that I just finally realized the tie there. Because Bob, without a doubt, was what I would have called my, the best friend of my life. Um, and I saw that. And the last line of that, I watched it differently this time. In the last line of that movie, you may recall Richard Dreyfuss was sitting in his computer writing the story, finishing it, and he was sitting there, and his, fr- his kids came in, and they wanted him to go somewhere with them, and 
he, he typed the line on the computer, and then the last line that he, he backspaced it, and he came back and he said, I never had any friends later on like the ones I had when I was 12. And then he went, Jesus, does anyone? And I said to myself, holy shit, if that is not hit home, it's true. I have never met another friend that has ever had an influence or an impact on my life as much as Bob did. Um, The stories go from, I mean, we could go from Cape May, New Jersey, to when when the boat got stuck, um, to... In, in the ocean, when he hit a golf ball, he took a he took a, a, punch, a pitching wedge and nailed it through the neighbor's window. We got out in the middle of a road. We we got out in the middle of a traffic jam on the Garden State or the Turnpike, and we started videotaping girls because we thought that was our way to pick them up in the middle of a traffic jam. Um, you know, Bob and I were Bob and I were always on the hunt. We were always on the prowl. We went to the mall and we would spend hours there just. We were it was cat and mouse is what we would call it. Um, we would we would always think that these girls were like us and they didn't and then some did and it just went on for I mean just hours and hours were led into weeks and weeks led into months and months led into years. Um, as we got older, we started doing more things that we thought were more grown up. You know, we got our license. We started drinking near beer. I don't know if you guys remember near beer. Yes. Yes. Okay, so before the school, high school dances, we would drink near beer because that was our way to get drunk. Or at least we could breathe on the girls and they would think we were drunk. And then we could be whoever we wanted to be and it didn't matter. Um, you know, it, it, we, we, went to, we, we, we went down to Florida for a couple of weeks. We went to, Bob was the first one to introduce me to the strip club on OBT down in Florida. Um, Bob and I were the only ones that would go down to a strip club, and I kid you not, it was it was called um, uh, what was it called? Baby? No, it wasn't called Baby. It it was a strip club that looked like a, a chat. It would look like girls' boobs, two boobs. It was the only one that allowed under 21 kids in, and it was full hands-on. And Bob and I sat from I'll kid you not from 12 o'clock midnight until 5 o'clock in the morning playing Miss Pac-Man on a tabletop game and and we were just in such a competitive nature that we had quarters lined up. We would have strippers come down and ask if we would want to dance and Bob was like, No, not now, we're in the middle of a game. And I was like I was like it was just classic. I mean I mean there was just I could go on and on and on about that. Um, we started a rock or a, a singing band, Casey, you'll remember Bosco. Yep, I remember Bosco. that. Absolutely, I yep. remember Bosco. Bosco was a form of Bob. Wait a minute, I also remember that when I my parents snatched me out of St. Elizabeth and sent me to Concord, and I was trying to make friends in my very first dance, two people showed up at my dance, and some dude asked me to dance with him, and they were he was tapped on the shoulder by two people, and they were like, we want to take you outside and talk. And that poor kid never came back inside because Scott and Bobby showed up and told him to yeah. leave me alone and go away. Mm-hmm. Bob was, uh, Bob and I were became very protective of, of you and obviously yeah. all the other girls that were in the neighborhood. And, you know, everyone yeah. was off limits. We didn't, we didn't date anybody, but we all were protected because we were all like siblings. And, uh. Yeah, Casey had a girl off of that. That was unfortunate, but uh, 
that was Bob's nature. I mean, Bob's nature was a protector, and uh, he was he would always protect everyone at any cost, and uh, that's that's kind of how I always remember him. Um, you know, um, the Prince shirt. He he. Bob Bob got in his mind when parachute pants were famous that we would go to a dance, which was Ronzo's up at the at the Sheridan up on Concord Pike. Bob got the idea that go, let's go to merry-go-round and get an outfit for this dance, and he came out with a Prince shirt. I mean, literally, it looked like Prince. It looked like the shirt from Jerry Seinfeld when he wore it when he went on the Today Show. And, and um, Bob said to me, "Do I look good?" And I said, "You look good, Bob." And he bought it right then and there. He wore it that night, and uh, well, obviously, it didn't work too well, but. Uh, we had a good time. We got we got kicked out of church once. We had the priest come oh, out yeah. of the what? altar and kick us. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. It was not Holy child. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. We, we had Kate. We had four father. Times. I was with you four times and we got kicked out. Because we did a couple, but. All we had to do was get the bulletin for my parents to prove that we, and they would not give us a bulletin if we were standing in the little in the little entryway. So we had to figure out who was going to go in there and sneak and get a bulletin so we give it to my parents. And we were being obnoxious about it. Four times we got kicked out. So Bob would, Bob would always say, Bob would always say, I've got to listen to the, to the gospel or the homily. I've yes. got to hear the homily yes. because my dad will ask me about the homily. And I'm like, all right. Exactly. And then when we hear the homily, and then we'd hear the homily, and then we'd go up to Sam's, and we would go up there and play video games <laughs> until right. church was over. <laughs> But what, one time we, we were bulletin and somebody listened to the ho- the gospel and the homily, we were good because they would grill us when we got home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one, one, one mass we were in there, and I will never forget it. Father Clemens Minista, I think it was, uh, or Father Minista. Mm-hmm. He, he came we, Bob and I were the, the altar. Yep, yep. We were in the church. We were in the pew, yeah. and we were with a bunch of people, and we had these hand warmers that were hot. And they, at the time, you lit them, and they had flint in them. And we were blowing them on the back of people in front of us. And it caused a commotion, obviously, because sparks were flying from the pew. Next thing I know, Father, Father Minister comes I have never off, seen a priest so mad in my life. Father comes off the, the altar and asks us, leads over the pew, asks us to leave and meet him in the back of the vestibule when Mass was over. He would talk to us then. We got up, and Bob and I looked at each other. Wow. We, we stood there for probably five minutes, and Bob's like, dude, we're not staying, are we? And I'm like, no, I don't want to stay. And he's like, let's go. And we left, and we never went back. Dude, that is horrible. Never. That is that's horrible. That's a horrible story. And, of course, story. I'm like, we need a bulletin. We need a bulletin. Yeah. I've never been kicked out of my ass in my life except with Bob. It was funny. Wow. Um, but 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 that was that was him. Um, you know, he was with me when the car caught on fire. We were going through. We were cruising the, the area, and oh, we were, we were going a little fast. The door and asked me to use the hose. He did. Well, the, the thing was, is we went around the corners a little bit fast, and in the in the day, the cars it, it, the cars didn't have a battery holder, so the battery turned over. It shorted out against the frame of the car, and the next thing you know, we saw smoke coming out of the radio. And Bob's like, "Dude, something's wrong with your car." So I pulled over to the side. I get out. Bob looks underneath, and the two emergency brake cables are red hot. And he's like, "Dude, your car's on fire!" He's the car. He goes up to the. We're in 
shelf on. He goes up to the to the house. He's banging on his door. He's like, excuse me. He's like, help, help. He's like, our car's on fire. I'm like, dude, just get the hose. Put it out. And the guy came out. He's like, want me to call your parents? And Bob's like, no, 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 don't call my parents. He's like, we're good, we're good. We ended up using the hose. We squirted down the bottom of the car. We put the flame out that was the accelerator cable. And uh, and we took off, and we just kept on going. I mean, it was like we didn't even miss a beat. <laughs> it was classic. I mean, Bob was just – I mean, Bob was Bob. I knew that if, if I was going to get in trouble or we were going to do something adventurous, he was – I mean, he was my wingman, and I was his wingman. It just – we just did it like that. I mean, it was just – it was just a. It was weird. I mean, we became blood brothers. We we did everything uh, that you would have done as a kid. We built forts. We played in the woods until all days, all hours of the night. Um, we played, we played hockey. In the woods. I mean, we, we had BB gun fights in the woods, and you let Bobby get shot in the middle of the head. And in then the middle of the head, Bobby. You guys yep. came, yeah, and you came up with the story yeah. to tell my mom that he walked into a nail and she believed it. Exactly. I mean, and 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 the other thing that was funny, the the other thing was funny is I was with Bob at the time that we were, we were um, coming of age, so to speak. So you know, girls were huge on our radar, and um, we we got into we we found a um I'll just say we found some adult entertainment one day, and I don't Woo! know if Miss if Miss if Dad remembers this or not, but he probably does. And uh, we were watching some. All the neighborhood parents call them about it. Yeah, yeah. We were we were watching some reel to reels, and um, they were back in the day with Girl Scouts and things like that. And Bob was like, "Okay, Bob developed a plan. He's like, okay, I'll be lookout, and if I hit the floor three times, bang it. That means my dad's coming around the corner. Because when when dad came around the corner, he didn't just come around the corner. He flew around the corner. You knew he was coming from a mile away." So Bob's like, so we're involved in this movie, and I'm like, and Bob's not lookout anymore. So I get up, and I look, and I'm like, dude, your father's coming down the street. And he's like, oh, shit, no, he's not. And the plan was is that I would get a collection of movies. I would put them in a bag. I would bring them downstairs. Bob would put the projector away, get the cord away. I kid you not. I took off down the steps, out the back door. Bob was stuck with everything. He was last thing I saw of Bob. He stopped the movie. He was literally pulling the reel of film. It must have been a hundred miles an hour out of the projector. He's like, dude, get the extension cord. I pulled the extension cord out and took off. The next thing I know, he comes out of the house and he's, dude, he's like, you're an idiot. He's like, what the hell? That wasn't our plan. I'm like, sorry, man. I don't know what to do. I panicked. I mean, we just, it was just. I know they're they're, they're old stories and they're growing up, but I mean, they were just. It was just fun. I mean, we like I said, if, if I was in trouble or if I was having a good time or whatever, it was always with Bob and the neighborhood gang. I mean, we, when we played hockey, we rented out the ice hockey rink, and we drove up to Crozier Chester because one of our guys, Tom Baker, you'll remember, he took a puck square in the head. And, and we had to drive him up, took a puck square in the head during the hockey game, and Bob drove in his – what was that yellow car, that big yellow – um, oh my big God. yellow! Oh, remember gosh. that car he had? That yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. oh my God! He drove at two o'clock in the morning up to Crozier Chester with Tom Baker in my his head was in my hands and he was just gushing blood. And Bob was like, "Oh my God!" He's like, "What do I do, dude?" I'm like, "Just keep driving." He's like, and then when we hit like a red light, he was like, "Do I go through it?" I'm like, "Go through it." And he was just go. <laughs> he would just go, but. 
But Bob was funny. Bob would always question it and look for approval first. He was like, should I do it or should I go? Should I go? And I'm like, dude, go, go, go. Bob was my Bob was my first person that took me to Riverside or um yeah Riverside the project the project yeah, the hospital what the, the hell hospital oh, sorry, the project. Up on, up on, by Sally's no yeah no oh, actually he, no he took me to the project yeah oh yeah like that. Okay. I always <laughs> wanted to go to the project I said, I said Bob you got to take me he's like dude I'll take you to the project one time you want to and I was like yeah. So he went through the project, and he went, he goes, roll up your windows and lock your door. And I'm like, why? What's the big deal? And he's like, no, you don't understand. Bob was street smart. Bob was like, you don't understand. Because, I mean, yeah. he was in the middle of town for school, right? So he's like, yeah, you yeah. don't understand. So we stopped at a corner, and I was like, this guy's looking at us. He's saying something to us. He's like, don't look at him, man. Don't look at him. And I rolled down the window, and he's like, he's like, you want a, he's like, you want a dime bag? And and Bob's like, and I said, Bob, he's asking if we want a dime bag. And I said, and I looked at the guy and I said, how much is it? And Bob's like, you idiot. He's like, it's ten dollars. <laughs> and Bob, oh, he's like, Bob panicked, but he was good though. But I, I knew I was safe if I was with Bob down there. I mean, because he, he, I don't know, he just had this thing about him that he, he knew a lot of people. He knew his way around. He took me to yep. Walt's Chicken. He, I mean, he just, he oh, was just everything. It's, he attracted disparate people, too. He attracted people from disparate cultures and disparate, you know. Ty, do you remember Robert Derrico from St. Peter's? Who? Robert Derrico. I do not. So he was, okay, so oh. he had to walk what I say is like 27,000 miles to the bus stop every day to and from school. And, uh, Which is actually two blocks now, 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 come to think of it. <laughs> so there was a, he wasn't necessarily homeless. He lived in like a little flop house. He was an older guy, a very older, much older guy. And Bobby befriended him. And somehow he became Bobby's, Bobby's, you know, I guess, I don't know, surrogate uncle or something. And so he became part of our family. So, of course, my parents would pick him up. We would take him to go shopping. We would yep. take him here, there, yep. everywhere. And then he would show up. Like, I was in third grade, and he showed up in the middle of the hallway of St. Peter. Somehow he got in the door, and he was knocking on the door, and he's, he's motioning me to come out to the hallway. And he had a little brown baggie, and he had, put, he had like, a, a handful of uh, gummy fish in it. And he's like, here, here, take Aww. this. And so I'm like, all right. So Bobby, like, this guy had no family at all, no one. And Bobby befriended him somehow on our journey to and from our bus stop and just welcomed him into our family, and he just became part of our family. And that's just the type of person he was, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just typical yeah, Bobby. Really. Um, Robert yeah. Jericho, cancer was it? Yes. Yeah. He had the yeah, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he had had throat cancer, so he had uh, um, yeah, he had a episiotomy, so he had to talk through that. So, so. and he invited him for Thanksgiving yeah. one year. Bobby invited him for Thanksgiving. Bobby That's invited him for Thanksgiving. He came to Thanksgiving. We went and picked him up, and that was it. He was family after that, and that's just how Bobby was. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got in. The, I got. Susie sent me the other day. Uh, Casey, you'll appreciate this. Probably, oh, yeah. um, probably about 
four months ago. I'll say, I didn't say the other day, but about four months ago, she sent me a note and she goes, I, I was cleaning out some things and I thought you would appreciate this. And it's a handwritten two page letter, um, uh, note from Bob. And it's at uh, the top of the first page is Bosco world tour canceled. And he yes, wrote the entire newsletter. And, and on the back of it, it says Bosco returns to the studio. It's the Bosco fan club letter. And it's in Bob's writing. And I thought, Oh my God. Yep. I mean, when Bob did something, Bob went all out. Oh, I yeah. mean, he, he just he sent was, that to me. I mean, do you remember you guys used to go it, to those recording studios and you we guys would drop those songs? We <laughs> thought we were. I still, I still have. Bob made me a tape, our one and only LP, and we he put a, comp, a, a compilation of all of our songs on it on a cassette tape. And I still have that cassette tape to this day where it's Bob and I singing and making fun. Of, I'm just doing, just uh, seeing ourselves in that. See, and I, I listen to that, that every now and then. It. I have one of I those. Still I still have that, that. And then and then one time we, we there was a girl up there that was singing next to us, and she was really good. And Bob was like, Bob got the bright idea that we could bring her into our group and we could make her better. And and we, we brought her into <laughs> our group and we sung That's What Friends Are For. And we literally, she blew us away, and Bob and I were like, just be backup singers. Just let her take it. I mean, it was, we dropped so much money in King of Prussia's uh, recording oh studio. Oh, my King even, of Prussia, that's right. It, yep. it wasn't. Bob was the only person who talked me, going back to that strip club that we were in, I wanted, we met a girl there that her name was Stevie. Her name was Sexy Stevie, and I, and she gave us the, the typical story, and Bob said to me, I said to Bob, I said, Bob, she needs help. We should take her. We should be her friend, basically, and we should get her help that she needs. Bob was the only one that talked me out of it at 5 in the morning of taking her home and getting her, like, on the right track. Because I always had a vision. I was like, she just needs help, Bob. And Bob's like, you're an idiot, dude. You don't know what she needs. Do you know what she needs? She'll take us back, and she'll end up killing us. I was like, Bob, seriously. I mean, if it wasn't for Bob, I mean, it's just one of those things where we probably would have took her back. But uh, he always had a sense about him, and he always, like I said, he uh, he always was the level-headed one. Now, look, could... I have pictures from that road trip. You guys were not level-headed during that road trip. <laughs> yeah, our, our great road trip where we had dollhouse T-shirts, and we had we had cases of Diet Pepsi in the freaking corner to make it look like we were, like, lists, I guess. I mean, yeah, we and went to Disney World. The front of my, the front of my dad's uh, company car that you were not supposed to take down to Florida. Yep, yep. Yeah. We 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 literally got in trouble at Disney World because Bob and I were taking pictures with the characters, and we took a picture with the mice from um, Cinderella. Yes, and did. they looked like girls, and they looked like girls, and we were like. And so Bob and I got the bright idea of trying to pick them up. Well, they stayed in character the whole time. And then we tried to ask them if they were a girl or a guy. And the girl, person that was with them, the person that was with them said they can't answer that. But we kept following them and kept taking pictures with them and kept asking them. Mm-hmm. And finally, Disney then, I guess, security came and asked us to leave. And, and basically, that was the end of that day. I mean, we literally got kicked out of Disney because we tried to. We didn't even see their face. We literally saw them in costume, and they looked hot in costume. <laughs> I mean, that was just yes, wow. I have those. I mean, that, that was that was just Bob. I mean, it, it was just absolutely wow. I, 
Yeah, he he was he was he he definitely was. He was definitely he defined my childhood. I mean, he defined my life. I mean, he really did. Even to this day, still and Disney World. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. You might be right. That that phrase that Scooter made me do it might be right now. Scooter made me do it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. you yeah. You're yeah. You're 100 percent right. I mean, he 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 was level. I mean, we we roomed together, so we got an apartment together. And Casey, you'll remember our great party. So. Oh, I got the idea here. that yeah. Bob got the idea that we should have a we should have a keg in the party. Well, it was me and Bob and Casey and Sue and maybe one other person. Whoa, so there was whoa, like five. Whoa, you had a keg. Two other persons. One is on the phone. Two. Has been on the phone. Well, and one just joined us. The fellow who took the uh, the keg um, after I caught him. Now you want to talk about that uh, caller? Uh, <laughs> Not me, so. No. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, I figured it's Frank. Huh? Hello, stop it. Yep. Frank, you're on. What? Go ahead, Frank. What? Yeah, go ahead. Want to finish that story with uh, with Todd? Uh, Todd and uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, Mike and and. Uh, you guys in my garage at Casey's graduation. What what about? Oh, it wasn't a prayer group. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I remember one time when Bob went after after that party. So, needless to say, the party at the apartment, we didn't have enough people to finish the keg. So Bob and I got the idea to finish the keg ourselves which we never finished it, Bob ended up on the bathroom floor next to his rabbit. Remember the rabbit he had, Case? Pig? Pig? That killer rabbit? Yeah. Had to be, what, 20 pounds? That that rabbit was uh, – that, that rabbit was crazy. That rabbit was crazy. Billy Remember he used planted. to take everybody to the apartment so he could eat? Yep, and he would yep. Wink. He- <laughs> yep, he was literally face planted on the bathroom floor next to the litter box. When I woke up the next morning, Bob was just pissed out. And the keg, and then we ended up draining the keg in the in the in the tub. <laughs> we were we, we weren't that much of partiers now that we look at it. Well, do you remember me showing up every other weekend and having to clean, spend four hours cleaning your guys' bathroom? Yes, yes, you did. Because he would let pigs poop all over the bathroom. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Fun times, man. Hey, Frankie, you want to add stuff here? I, I wasn't telling you the party, so I don't. No, no, anything about Bob. <laughs> oh, I mean, I miss him every day. Yeah. 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 Just so everybody knows, uh, we have the honor of having a uh, an additional uh, uh, Bobby uh, and Frank's son, uh Bobby, mm-hmm. and uh, I swear to God, I look at him. He's as bright as Bobby was. He's as smart, as, you know, as, as smart as a whip. He's gentle with his sister. He he um, he's just a, a reincarnation of, of Bobby, but uh, he has his own personality. And uh, he's a he and Bella both are are great little kids. And Frankie, Mom, Frankie, I do have to say that you have a spitting image of yourself in Bella. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
so adorable. My God. Oh, oh. That's great. Another thing Bob used to do just dawned on me. Do you remember? Do you remember Bob taking out the moped case? Oh yeah, I remember. Okay, yeah, yeah. You had that moped in your in the garage, and oh my God, Bob yeah, used to take that thing out. Pop got home. You know, we had to sit on the um, the railing before, and and you were really good about being the lookout. You'd be like, <laughs> Pop, and we'd all jump off the fence. <laughs> Pop will come home and be like, I know you guys are sitting on the fence. I know you were. I don't know how. And he, remember he tried to replace it with like the round? Dad, do you remember you tried to replace the flat, the flat flats with the round flats? And we still sat on it and you were like. (laughs) Yep. I I can remember driving up to the Italian market with, with you, Dad, and, and to get, um, uh, like lettuce and stuff like that, and you're in the blue car, and I can remember Bob sitting next to you, and he would mouth off or say something stupid or something, and your hand would hit him in the back of the head, and he, I can see him to this day rubbing the back of the head, and he'd be like, yo, what, uh-uh. what are you doing? I mean, yeah, you would because... crack him. Oh, yeah. Pop had, yep. Pop had his class ring that he would wear, and we all knew as soon as you felt that hand on your head, it was the worst feeling because he would just place his hand on your head, and then he would just do a little quick snap. And you're like, oh. And you would just see used lightning through your eyes. It was like, oh, man. Used to, it, it literally would scare the shit out of me in the back seat because he would crack him out of the blue. And I'd be like, holy crap. But but Bob learned. I mean, he learned. But he would. He still mouth also. Mhm. I remember going up to the market with you and and uh oh my God, just some of the things that we used to do up there in Philly. He was or 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 the Flyers games. I mean, every every time there was a home Flyers game, we would go to McDonald's and we would get we would get a twenty piece McNugget, uh, a large fry, and a Diet Coke for some reason. And we would we'd come back to the house and we'd watch the Flyers. I mean, that was our ritual. He would only drink Diet Coke, and he would never let them put yep. ice in it because he said that that would yep, take yep. up too much room in the cup. You, no ice. Yep, you're but 100, speaking of the yep. Flyers, speaking of how much my brother so loved me, um, I remember two people going up to the Flyers' <laughs> wives' um, carnival and promising me, swearing to me, swearing up and down, that they would get me a Peter Zezel autograph. No matter what, they would get me a Peter Zezel autograph because I wasn't able to go because I had to go take my SATs. And they promised me and swore to me that they would get me a Peter Zezel autograph. And they came home with a torn-up pizza box with Peter Zezel's autograph. And that stayed in my dorm room at college for four years. It came home with me all through med school. It was in my little shrine, my Peter Zezel autograph. And then, you know, almost 20 years after the fact, Bobby admits to me that that was just his autograph that he put on a torn up pizza box because he and Scott forgot to admit it. Completely forgot that. So for 20 years, I held that like a shrine in my life. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. yeah. Frankie, any, I know Frankie you're on a short short uh, string with trying to put the babies to get to, to bed and all. Do you have a, have something you want to share with everybody? No, I mean Bobby's a great brother. Um I miss him every day and 
you know, I, I think you touch a lot of lives, and, and that's pretty evident today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. We're also joined by Chopsticks. Chopsticks, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Butch. I'm doing all right. Hey, Frank. Hey, uh, everybody. How's Casey? How are you guys doing? We're all doing good. Good, good, good. Um, I think Frank said it, and, and I'm sure it's been said several times, we all do miss Bobby every day, every day. Um, and, you know, I, of course, I miss him most during baseball season for the uh, rivalry between the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Let Me Downs, the left. Uh, and, uh, I, I think uh, I think Bobby's greatest glory, and it might have been yours too, Butch, was the year that the uh, Phillies came back and caught mm-hmm. the Mets, and then won the division after something yep. like a fourteen being behind fourteen games. And I had to wear that Philadelphia tie. <laughs> and, oh my goodness! And Bobby lorded that over me for I don't know, I think two years still. <laughs> and, and I really wish he was here to continue to lord it over me right now. So, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, you know, my best friend, and certainly, certainly, um, you know, I think he was everybody's best friend. If if you really wanted to ask people, but uh, certainly I miss him every day, mm-hmm. especially now. So, yeah. how um. How's the show been going? Doing good. Um, the uh, Wednesday night uh, all sports show is, is up to 267,000-plus uh, listeners, and the boxing show is up to 271,000 uh, worldwide. So we're, we're having a great time with it. Uh, we've got some excellent people um, uh, that are hosts with us and, and – uh, you know, we're now into our 17th. We're starting. We just started our 18th year, and uh, we're happy as uh, pleased as punch, I should say. And you know, and you know, I mean, you guys have done absolutely great in honoring Bobby. But I got to tell you that I think, especially with the boxing show, I think that that those numbers would be double if he was here to continue with it. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, some of his interest and and his passion for that. So so captured the sport uh, and I'd love to hear what he would have to say about that uh, Logan Mayweather debacle <laughs> that, was, that was supposedly called a fight I, 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 I would just relish having to listen to him tell me about about, the, about that So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey Brett you, uh, how you, the, uh, how's the boys doing with their, their baseball? Boys are doing great we uh we are still playing uh, baseball up here. Um, I know Florida, if we were in Florida, you could play year-round, but um, we are right in the middle of our kind of our all-star season. We play Little League up here, so we're trying to train the kids. He's nine, but when they get 12, they get to play in that Little League World Series that you see on on ABC uh, when they're 12. So we're trying to train so that our little Brownsburg community can go. We, we uh, Our community has gone to Little League World Series and – 2001 and 2002, I believe, they were gone. So um, we are kind of preparing for that. But all of my football players, uh, you know, we don't have any summer classes. So um, all of our guys are off to an internship. Um, some of them are traveling abroad, so they're they're getting some really good experiences. And then 
Uh, we'll turn around and our players will report on August 14th. Um, and we're set to play, uh, you guys know Butler University um, from sure, all sure. The, the basketball and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that is our opening game. So we're going to start with the Division One opponent, even though we're Division Three, and then we'll play our nine-game season from there. So I'm excited about getting back to some normal without any COVID restrictions and playing a full 10-game season. So um, things are, are rolling on up here in Indiana. Great. So everybody will know that uh, Brett, this is Brett's uh, – freshman year as head coach at DePaul University, and uh, as, as, uh, as things would work out, it was his first undefeated season at DePaul University, so congratulations on that, Brett. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, yeah we well played done. this well spring. We, we, we got to play three games um, and was fortunate enough to go 3-0, and so excited to, to keep that moving forward, and this season obviously will be wow. harder than what we had this spring, so... Excited to move forward and, and change these young men's lives, not only on the field but off the field as well, and, um, you know, get them jobs and, and make them better human beings, just like Bobby, you know, touched everybody and made everybody a better person around them. That's kind of what, what I'm trying to do here with the ball. Well, guys, I, I want to thank everybody for calling in. We were just against our, our time limit here. Uh, I appreciate each and every one of you and everything that you shared with uh uh, with us, with Sharon, uh, Frankie, uh, Casey, and I tonight, uh, really uh, is an uplifting. It's not a uh, closure, but it was a it was a fun night, and it's exactly what we wanted it to be. So uh, I'm going to thank each and every one of you. Thank you, sir. Good night. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure and a privilege. Thank you. Yeah. Thank thanks you. Thanks for having me on, too. guys. And thanks thank for your time. Thank you. Thank you. It's a very honor, Frank. Thank, Thank you. you. Love to you and the family. Okay. Uh, well, we want to, we want to uh, again, say thank you every, to everybody. These programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation. The men and women of the United States Armed Forces, men and women police and fire services, when you're out there and you see somebody in uniform, please make sure that you uh, let them know that they're there. These programs are dedicated to those who've lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Polkap, Sergeant Thomas Bajor, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, Lieutenant Mike Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Anafa Crispin at Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogle, Longbow Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Le- Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrol and Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy uh, Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Office, Patrolman Robert Jermaine, Windermere, Florida Police Department, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Kotloff, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artith Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio, Delaware State Trooper, Sergeant, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Corporal Stephen Boward, Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Bill Gentry, 
Highlands County Sheriff's Department. Debbie Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department. Debbie Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Pasco County Deputy Sheriff uh, April Rodriguez. Um, uh, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department Officer Bob McKetchen. Trooper Joe Bullock, High Florida Highway Patrol. Sergeant Brian LeBake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. And Deputy Mike Malik, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this point in time, at some time will be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly on your feet. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the hollow of his hands. Good night. God bless. And thank you, everybody. In the
1999. County dis- dispatched in 1999. All units be advised 1999's response to his last emergency. May God rest his soul. Thank you.